good to be with you. Sorry for the rude awakening that we gave you this morning. It is great to see all of you here today, and I want to particularly welcome those of you who are on our YouTube live, live stream of our worship. If you are new to us, particularly if you're on, on YouTube, want you to know that we want you to take a look at our website, www.ljchurch.org. There you'll find a connection to our caring and sharing. You'll also find the opportunity to get to our Facebook page and, and get involved in that dialogue there. Finally, if you're new to us, we want to ask that if you would like to be notified of updates that are going on, you can uh, sign up for a text LJC update at 979-217-3300. If you are here live, I hope that you grabbed your own copy of the Caring and Sharing and that you're making sure to take a look at that. There are a number of things there that we're not going to mention out loud at all today, so you'll need to take that reading. I also just want to remind everybody that if you don't have your, your caring and sharing with you, grab your phone, log on to the website. You can get that downloaded instantaneously. It's also available through our church app to get fairly easily. Well, it's a very exciting Sunday. Somebody say amen. If you don't know why it was an exciting Sunday, then I want to encourage you that 1030 is not when we start anymore. 930, we have classes for everybody. I walked around, I saw good groups in all the classes. We're really particularly thankful for our children's ministry, our Kids for Christ ministry, and all those teachers that got engaged and just a lot of work to get back up and running, and particularly a lot of special considerations and having to do special things. Also, during the service, our Praise Kids, Stage 2, and our Limitless Kids will be uh, dismissing at, after the first song. So if your children are in any of those age groups, when we get done with the first song, Randy will make that announcement, but if they'll be prepared to move that direction. Again, you should know that we're making every effort to make that a safe uh, and free of infection environment as possible. We need your help. If you are available, there are still some folks that are normally with our Kids for Christ ministry programs that are still wanting to be safe at home, and we respect them for that and appreciate their making that decision. But we are needing some more help, and if you would be willing to be available for that kind of help, then the hunters are in the wrong place this morning. But uh, would you all stand just because so folks will know who to come and see? Uh, Kevin and Jamie appreciate all that they've done. Could you join me in that appreciation? So in addition to classes going on this morning, we also have had last Wednesday had classes resuming on Wednesday night for fifth graders all the way through high school, as well as an adult class. And again, if you are bringing students up for the fifth through twelfth grade classes, Please take the time to stay. We've got plenty of room, and again, it's a safe environment for you. Lots of space there, lots of ventilation, so you are welcome to stay. If you want to join us online, uh, the, the caring and sharing has a couple of ways for you to get connected. We won't be sending the general uh, text to everybody on the list. Instead, it'll be specific, so if you want to be notified, you need to get notified by text or by email, and the instructions are there in the caring and sharing. As we begin our time of worship today, I would ask that you would stand with me. I would ask that you would stand with me and join in these verses from Psalm 67. Please speak with me. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth, 
your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations on the earth. Let's join together in worship. Let us be faithful, 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 Lord. Let us be faithful, faithful, Lord. Though we cannot see, we still believe. Let us be faithful, faithful, Lord. We believe in a God who is able to bring justice and mercy to all. And he promises strength for the journey to the steadfast to answer the call. Let us be faithful, 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 Lord. Let us be faithful, faithful, Lord. Though we cannot see, we still believe. Let us be faithful, faithful, truth of the Bible, in its power and purpose today. There is meaning and life in its pages. We believe and we choose to obey. Let us be faithful, 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 Lord. Let us be faithful, faithful,
forward to being together soon. We're following our church leaders protocol to keep everyone safe in these times of trial. Bow with me as we pray. Our Father in heaven, our creator, we come into your presence today asking for your blessings on our church leaders to give us your God-inspired leadership needed to safely navigate this time of health crisis. We pray for our sick of the congregation both those that are known and the sick that aren't known publicly. Pour out your blessings on them and may your will be done. We pray for our nation's leaders in these divisive times. Heal our wounds and bring us together in your son's name. We pray that your church will not be shaken by the present strife and behave as Christians, as we love with sincerity, abhor what is evil, Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, fervent in spirit, rejoicing in the hope of your eternal spirit. We pray that you will fuel your church to rise up and lead the way to bring peace to our weary nation. Protect our children and their teachers as this difficult school year begins. Finally, we pray for your grace that flows endlessly to each and every one of us each and every day. Lord, we celebrate your love and the opportunity to lay down our burdens at the foot of the cross and receive your forgiveness. Thank you for the promise of heaven and for your inspired word. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All I once held dear, built my life upon all this world reveres and wars to own. All I once thought gained, I have counted lost, spent and worthless. 
righteousness. You're my all, you're my best, you're my joy, my righteousness, and I love you. The scripture reading this morning is taken from uh, some excerpts from John chapter 17 when Jesus was praying. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. I pray for them. All I have is yours and all you have is mine. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. Test. Aren't we thankful? There we go. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. I can tell you it's no fun standing behind that thing and trying to preach. There seems to just be something between you and, and the audience. And so, aren't we thankful that John kept in mind what Jesus prayed on his way to the cross? John will use three, nearly four chapters of his gospel to tell us about that prayer. We think of Matthew's Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5, 6, and 7, as the longest block of teaching in all the Gospels. But if we listen to this prayer, we understand that Jesus is not just praying. Uh, how many of you have experienced prayers from preachers? I'm guilty of this, right? Where you can tell that the preacher's praying, but what is he doing with his prayer? He is, say it with me, Preaching, and Jesus is preaching while he prays. Somebody say amen. This powerful word, that they may be one, and, and that the oneness of the disciples together is a oneness, not that Jesus said, now look, I know that we've never tried this before, and I know that nobody else has ever done this before, but I want you to be one. From the very creation, in fact, before the creation, for all of time, the Father, Son, and the Spirit, individual entities, chose to be identified as one. Their fellowship was so great that while there are nuances that we can identify to the three parts, they're greater, they have more in common than they do those individual expressions. And so Jesus says, as the Father and I are one, so I want these disciples to be one. 
And if you had any doubts about it, as Chad kept reading, you understand that the prayer shifted not just for the disciples, but for all those who would follow, because it's a repetition of that same statement. It's not just that I want the disciples to all be one. There's something powerful going on there, okay? Because not only did we have this disunity of a zealot in the twelve and a tax collector in the twelve, but before we're done, we're going to have someone who denied him publicly, vehemently, calling down curses on himself, who they're expected to fold back into the one. And I want you to notice something very important. Now, and please, I understand. The gospel is written several decades later. And we know Judas's story by the time we get to the time this is written. But if you take Jesus' words that John has recorded as the words of Jesus praying in the garden, we have to recognize that at some level there may have even been the implication that when I want you to be one... This is not just talking to Matthew and Simon, the zealot, who I need to be one, even though their worldviews are completely oppositional, even though they both may be circumcised on the eighth day as Jews, their worldviews were as different as they could be. But I think implied in this is that you will invite Judas back into fellowship. Now, you may want to argue with that, and I'm happy for you to do that. But I think at least the implication lies there. And if not Judas, Peter is clearly to be reintegrated into their fellowship. I don't know what you've been mad at a brother and sister in Christ about. Something that they've offended you or something that they've done that you think that if you just do that, you can't know Christ anymore. And we, we tend to sort of push them away and say, you know, they're going to be something different. Paul will give instructions about disfellowshipping people. I will tell you that the circumstances under which those teachings occur are so extreme that for the most part, we don't have anything like that in today's world. And to decide that we're going to disfellowship somebody because we disagree on some nuance of teaching is to not follow what Jesus had to say. That they may be one, and this is the key, as you and I are one. And that they may be one so that the world will know that you sent me. There are implications to that statement that ring 2,000 years later, right now, today. If we are to be the people of Christ, Paul will say, if we are to be the body of Christ, then the oneness that Jesus experienced with the Father... Not just in heaven, but even on earth, it seems, in the way John talks about it here. Then the world will not only know that God sent Jesus, but that Jesus implied in that is the fact that Jesus is who he said he was. And that the cross is not a defeat, but the cross is an, a coronation. And the resurrection is the most defining day in all of human history. Somebody say, Amen. Notice how we give testimony to that. We might think, well, wait a minute, I haven't shared the gospel if I don't, if I don't say something. 
I haven't shared God's message of who Jesus is unless I've, I've made sure that I've, I've stepped forward and quoted Paul that we know that Jesus lived among us, he died, and he was raised from the dead. Or the way John will say it, the definitive testimony is that Jesus came in the flesh and that it was the flesh that was taken to the cross and the flesh that was raised. If you take Jesus at his word, they will know who Jesus is by the way you and I experience and share the oneness that Christ shares with the Father. Not just with Christ. That's, I won't say that's easy because anytime we chase after something that Christ lays before it, it is a lifelong journey. To a certain extent, a lifelong struggle. But note that if we are to proclaim the gospel, it will be incomplete. And your words about the truth of who Jesus is will fail miserably. If you and I choose to let things divide us. Somebody will say amen. Somebody say amen. Let's read. It's kind of interesting, and forgive me. So the events of the prayer happened prior to this passage. The writing of the prayer probably happened after the passage. So you can either argue that Luke is following what John already knew was the prayer of Jesus, or you can say that John saw how Luke represented this fellowship at the earliest point of the church being formed, or... I think most significantly, you can say that Luke reflected on what Jesus wanted the church to be and John reflected on what God wanted the church to be and lo and behold, they seem to come to a common ground. You know these words quite well. They're a very familiar passage to you. I decided to start off with the part that you knew well before I went into the next part so that you could all be on the ground where we are and we can all stand there together. And in fact, I'm going to ask you to quote part of it for me without my help. So you're just going to have to be ready. Do you need to stand to do that or can you do it sitting? Sitting? Okay, all right, very good. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. Who's speaking? Peter is speaking. That God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to the Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Now please tell me what they're supposed to do. That was really weak. I just want you to know, you're in a church of Christ, and that was really weak. That's all I have to say about that. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then I think some of the best news of all comes next. For the promise is for you, and the promise is for your children, and your promises are all who are far off, for all on the Lord will call. And I'm sorry, if Jesus' resurrection is a reality, then there is no one in all of human history since that point that didn't get called to respond to that resurrection. Somebody say, Amen. The church is founded. 
on these words. And now we turn the page. But it's just the next verse. With many other words he warned them and pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. This idea of, go back, sorry David, this idea of save yourselves from this corrupt generation is the same call that John the Baptist had to them. Turn from where you are. Jesus offers you something different and better. Do not think that you can stay in the old way of, of being God's people. Idea, that is, for example, under the leadership of the Jewish priest, the high priest and the priesthood in the temple. You can't do that anymore. Because Jesus is the temple, and Jesus is the sacrifice, and Jesus is the prophet, and Jesus is the priest who make all things right. So you turn from them and turn to Christ. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And 3,000 decided that that was a good thing to do on that day. Now, what did they do? How did they respond to that message? Please understand that at this moment... Luke has shifted from recording a specific moment in time, a specific sermon, a specific invitation, and a specific response to that invitation on a specific day. And in less than a sentence, in fact, just with a paragraph, he is now going to summarize what went on among those people that heard that message, saw its truth, and then began to live inside of it. Here's what he says. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people and the Lord. Now you need to understand this almost in Pauline terms. Paul will start his letters with these great theological treaties. God is one, there is none above him. Christ is all in all and there is none beyond him. You've been saved by grace through faith. There's nothing that can, sepa nothing that can separate you from the love of Christ. And then about halfway through the letter, he says, therefore, you've heard that before. You've read those letters enough to know. That transition from here's a theory to here's an application. Here's what it means. Luke, an associate of Paul's, maybe someone who found some of his writing style from Paul, says, this is the way they behaved. And guess what happened? This isn't just another fact to add to what was going on. This is a result statement. The result of people living under the apostles' teaching, to living in prayer, to living in the fellowship, to breaking bread together, to sharing their possessions together, to meeting together with glad and sincere hearts, worshiping God with all they were, the result of that was that last sentence, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The fellowship. You saw it in that translation. You can look through several translations and what you're going to discover is that many of them will drop the article, the, 
fellowship from the statement. Because what we experience in modern times so much is the idea of this is what we're doing together, fellowshipping, right? We're sharing life together. In this place, Luke says, they devoted themselves to the teaching and the prayers. And right there in the original text is the idea of the fellowship. And I just want to build on that for just a second. Again, Luke is writing about a very specific time that happened. Pentecost, following Jesus' resurrection. And the days, weeks, and months, possibly even years that follow, were indicated by these, this summary statement. Devoted themselves to the teaching, to the fellowship, and to the prayer. Okay? And I want to tell you that by the time Luke wrote, it wasn't an abstract idea of, People got together and they lived life together and they shared a common understanding of Jesus and the gospel and they shared a common understanding of the way God was renewing all things and bringing it all together under his rule. But instead, the church had become defined as a group of people that lived together in such intimacy, in such togetherness, in sharing in such a powerful way that they could be known as a group that had... They're not that just... just did fellowshipping, or were fellowshipping, or were hoping to fellowship, but they were the fellowship. In the same way that fellowship is ultimately defined by the relationship between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you and I are called to be a people of the fellowship. A distinct union that can only be accomplished. Notice Peter's sermon. When our sins are forgiven and we accept each other in that forgiveness that comes through the blood of Christ and that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Because I want to promise you that there is no fellowship without the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit enabling us to be more than our human selves can be. You may want to ponder that one for a minute. Because I want you to ponder it to the point that if you say, I'm not experiencing the fellowship that I think Alan's describing, that you might ask yourself, have you invited the Spirit? Not, by the way, just at your baptism when you said, yes, forgiveness of sins and gift of the Holy Spirit. But that every single day your life becomes an invitation for the Spirit to have more reign and more rule in your life. So if you are transformed more and more into what Christ wants you to be. And this is the key. Not so that you can be better. And not so that our church's fellowship can be better. But so that we can be witnesses to who Christ is and to what he wants to bring into reality on the earth. The fellowship. Just real quickly, I just want to highlight the way these two passages, powerful prayer that you've read before probably many times, and this powerful statement about the church tie together. Those who believe through your message, and guess what? They were devoted to the apostles' teaching. Notice the repetition. They may be one as we are one. They devoted themselves to the fellowship. They had, Jesus said, all I have is yours and all you have is mine. Well, guess what? We don't share our worldly possessions 
We don't share our monetary gain because it's a nice thing to do if you want to be who God wants you to be. We do that because it is part of the character of who God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are together. Everything they have to give to the others. And so our giving to each other can never be limited by what we put in the box. Our giving to each other has to be to the full extent that we can, and particularly to the full extent less than we can, but what is needed by the whole. So that they may be brought to complete unity. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. I'm going to say something more about that in just a minute. So that the world may believe and Guess what? Because they were unified in that earliest stage of the church, God was adding to those, those to whom the, God was adding to their number daily those who were being saved. I want to challenge you to understand the idea of the fellowship. And what I want you to know is that I, I am so thankful that I came here 12 years ago And from the minute that I stepped in here, what I experienced was a wonderful, warm, open, and greeting group of people. From that first meeting, I have a feeling it was because you were getting kind of desperate. I don't know how many people have told you no at that point, but y'all wanted me to be here because you were being really, really nice. You were even being nice to Drew, and sometimes he's hard to be nice to. That's not true at all. But, But you were being very nice to Drew. There was a young lady that... I don't know, she was extra nice to Drew for some reason or another. I'm not sure what. So I'm not speaking to a church that hasn't experienced some idea of what fellowship is about. But if we are to be the fellowship that reflects that idea that Paul said of being the body of Christ, that reflects what Jesus prayed for his church above all other things, that they may be one, as you, Father, and I are one, then we have to start defining the fellowship not simply as something we do on the side, but as the center core of what defines us. By the way, you're exactly right. What defines us is Jesus Christ. Somebody say? And there will nothing, no no foundation is greater than what Jesus did. But if what Jesus did is any indication is that he gave himself and he became the king, he became the Lord of our lives and the Lord of our church so that we could be the fellowship. And if, it, if you decide that you're unwilling to adopt the idea that the, the what, that the fellowship is the what of the church, I want to at least give you the idea that you are willing to define the how of the church to be fellowship. Now we're going to spend a lot more time on these things in the upcoming weeks as we move through this series. But let me just say, if the how of the church is to tell the gospel, guess the number one thing that Jesus prayed and that the text submits to us is the way that we communicate the gospel. The fellowship. If you say to me, no, 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 I think the the how of the church is that we be transformed by the Holy Spirit both individually and corporately, I would say to you that transforming work, and we're going to get to more details in this, I'll point you to Ephesians chapter 4, that transforming work is done by the way that we each act in the gifts that we have and contribute to them whole in the fellowship. If you say, no, 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 wait, it's foreign mission work, I would say to you, The point of foreign mission work 
is to bring people to know Jesus so that they can part, be part of the fellowship. Very quickly. This is going to be a long application for several weeks. But here's what I'm starting with today. And some of this will be incredibly particularly applicable and some of it will be broadly. First of all, if we are if church is to be defined by the fellowship, then it cannot be just what happens in these couple of hours in this place. That wasn't a big enough amen, so I'm going to ask for it again. The church cannot be just what happens in these couple of hours in this place. Good. And by the way, for those of you who are good Wednesday night people, it can't be defined by adding an hour on Wednesday night. We must see ourselves involved in this relationship that ties us together and honors Christ every single day. Does your day stop at some point and allow the Spirit to lead you to reach out to someone inside our congregation? Does the Spirit open your heart up to the idea as you're out among the people, you're standing in HEB or Walmart or Kroger or wherever it is, and you realize these people don't know who Jesus is. And the Spirit prompts you not to figure out how you're going to stand there and say, repent! For the end is near, but how you are going to become more engaged with your church family and more engaged with the fellowship that exists between Christians beyond the walls of buildings and places along the street that they meet on Sunday morning. It cannot be defined by these couple of hours. Secondly, I hope to be practical with this. There is a great challenge to be present, especially with those more isolated. Now, I want to be sure and say this was true 2,000 years ago when there was no pandemic. That there were widows that needed to be visited in their homes and needed to be cared for in very special kinds of ways. But this has particular application in our situation today. And, and I want to say how thankful I am for a very dedicated group of elders and deacons. And what I know is that some people kind of took on the special assignment of joining with the elders and deacons and their wives in making sure that every person that is known to our congregation is getting a phone call. I want to be sure and say some of the people who get phone calls don't ever answer or return those calls. But they're being called, and I'm thankful for that. But that was a great mood when we thought that this would be over in a couple of months. It's not going to be. It hasn't been. And it doesn't appear that that's going to be the case. Now, I want to proclaim to you that I believe that there is a day when this will be behind us and nobody will be wearing a mask around their neck unless they are sick. And maybe we've learned that a little bit more, that if you're sick, you might ought to wear a mask when you go out. It must be a courteous thing to the other people that are around you. But we have to take specific steps. And I kind of want to challenge you. Sharon and I have talked about this, and we're challenging ourselves. That one evening a week, you make your route home from work to somebody's front door 
particularly the people who aren't able to make it here in this place in this time, to knock on the door, to put on your mask, to back away, not six feet, to back away eight or ten feet, and converse in the presence of someone. I've fallen, fallen, fallen down on this, but when we first started doing the midweek updates, I would go and film people saying hello, and there was such joy in those moments. And I've, I've dropped that for busyness with other things. But that doesn't need to be about me filming. That needs to be about you doing. And yes, I recognize that we have folks in our nursing homes that we cannot access. If your family, it sounds like a couple of places are letting you go in and just walk straight to their room and back out. But you absolutely have the ability. And make no mistakes, the people who are in our nursing homes are the generation where cards make all the difference. You say it's expensive. Please come here and take a whole stack of cards that we have more than we can count and bring them back to us and we will put stamps on them and mail them for you. If that what stands between you and writing a card to our people who are in the nursing homes, then don't let it stand that way. I'm going to say one more thing on this topic. This is not what separates us. This is a courtesy that I do for other people. I don't know how long I'm going to be doing this. I doubt that it'll be till there's a vaccine. But for now, it seems to be to be a courtesy when I am in a crowd and by the way, I drive up to drive up windows, as you would say, more often than I should. And when that person comes to the window, I'm going to have a mask on. Is that because it's the rule? It's not the rule. It's because I want to be courteous to them. But what I want you to know is that this is not what separates us in our fellowship. And if you have decided that I can't fellowship because those people have a mask on then you have missed what Christ has called us to. I want to again say as strongly as I can say it that the masks are not going to be permanent. I do not believe even if we are encouraged by governmental forces that just wear your mask all the time. I think we're going to be the people of God and we're going to see beyond the need to just do that. There will be other things that we need to be sure we do to protect each other and be courteous to each other. Like wearing a mask when you're sick. But as far as our fellowship is concerned, our ability to be present with each other, do not let a mask stop you from doing that. Third, we've got to, and this is key, we cannot extend the grace to others that is needed to be the fellowship if we don't know the way grace has been extended to us. Your prayer life this week needs to align every single day. Father, thank you for the grace that you gave me to be part of your family, to be covered by the blood of Jesus and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And make me more aware of that great grace. Fourth, finally. Now I'm going to pick on you folks on YouTube. 
If you're joining us on YouTube, I'm very, very thankful. But I want to encourage you that to, to be the fellowship in these kind of times as these things take place, we need to be a people who, if we're not going to be here, and we're going to be tuning in on the live stream, that we do it during this hour. Now, there will be things that prevent you from doing that. I understand that. A few years ago, we had folks in Saudi, and we weren't sending a live stream, and they weren't able to do that, but they watched as they could. In fact, they watched at the same kind of time that we would be doing it, although it was a service a week later. If you're going to watch, watch with us. And more than that, stay with us and take the Lord's Supper with us. We want you to be part of that. And I believe that the Spirit can use this shared experience to tie us to you and you to us, even in this time that we have to be separated by space and to a certain extent separated by things like a mask. Join us. Join with us. Join with us live while we're doing these things. I take you to 1 John for the invitation. 1 John chapter 1. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We proclaim to you what we've seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. That's three times already. And our fellowship... Sorry, next slide, please. This message we've heard from him and declare to you, God is light, in him there is no darkness at all. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, there's the third one. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Just real quickly, the very first story, God created. Second story, man and wife became one. Third story, two boys sinned. One boy sinned by hating by breaking the fellowship of his family. If you need to find the forgiveness and the purification from sin that brings you into fellowship with Jesus Christ and the Father and the Spirit and brings you into the fellowship that he wants his people to be, then I ask you to come, if you're here, during this next song. And if you're not here with us, please, if you want to get a message to us about how you want God to be more involved in your life in that way, there's the number there. Send that text, and we'll be made aware of it. Why don't you come as we stand and as we sing? Just as I am without one plea, but
and they broke bread together daily. Please come on in. Send them on in, Ronnie. Send them on in, Ronnie. Our kids are coming back to be with us for the Lord's Supper. Somebody say amen. And they broke bread together. And the neat part about that is that you can't define whether they're talking about celebrating the Lord's Supper or having just a meal together because it seems to be one thing. So the answer is, which was it? And the answer is, yes. But here's the best part. To understand that statement, you have to go back to the statement when the day of Pentecost story began and Jews from all over the world of different languages quite literally of different ethnicities, people who believed in God came together in that city. And it was that whole, whole group of so diverse people that came together and broke bed together. It's not a meal. It's just one of these little things. If you're at home, I hope you have... I hope you made homemade unleavened bread and there's enough there to really enjoy it and that you have a big old glass of Welch's. It's not a meal, but it is the power of the symbol that we take it together. And Jesus says, I don't want you to just take it. I want you to take it together. Let's sing. Gather here in, in Jesus' name. His love is burning in our hearts like burning flame. For through the loving Son, the Father makes us one. Come take the bread, come drink the wine, come share the Friday was 9-11, and um, uh, I was uh, talking to Avery after school, and she was talking about, you know, what they discussed at school as far as 9-11 and remembering 9-11, and of course, I shared what I went through, or, or what I thought went through and thought of, everybody does on that day, um, but, you know, Jesus, um, right before he went to the cross, he told his turn to his apostles and his disciples and gave them a specific way to remember him. Jesus, who went to the Son of God, who went to the cross, died and was buried and raised by his Father God uh, for our salvation, for that hope uh, of salvation. He 
he told his disciples, you know, this bread and this cup, remember that I was flesh and blood with you. And remember that uh, I was with you, that what I taught you and uh, what this uh, uh, death, burial, resurrection means. And so as the fellowship, as Christians, uh, we take this time and we, we do the same thing. We remember him in the same way. So let's bow our heads and pray for, over the bread. Dear Lord, we thank you for all your many blessings. And most importantly, we remember your son, Jesus, who was flesh and blood, who came to this earth and uh, who uh, taught us and taught his apostles and taught us through the word, your word, uh, what uh, uh, about you and salvation. And we just give thanks for his life and his uh, death, burial, and resurrection. In, in his name we pray, amen. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Okay, let's pray over the cup. Dear Heavenly Father, again, we come to you and remember your son Jesus and uh, that he went to that cross and the blood he shed on that cross and that uh, uh, that blood cleanses us of our sins and, and offers, us, offers us the hope of salvation. And we give thanks for that. And in, in all this, in your son's name we pray. like to thank everyone that's here this morning. It looks like we're slowly filling the building a little bit more, and that's always encouraging. Also encouraging for those that are joining us on the uh, live stream, and thank you very much for that. Uh, we'd like to also, uh, as always, express our gratitude for your financial support. I know we say that every week. It's not just something that we just re repeat without meaning it. It is very heartfelt uh, that uh, we've changed up the way in which we collect, and the congregation has responded to that, and we appreciate that very, very much. Um, along those lines, uh, we're going to start taking this. If anyone who would like to donate to a uh, disaster assistance fund for those affected by the hurricane, uh, I don't watch the news a whole lot. seems like it's nothing but politics and the virus, and I'm tired of that. But Arlene mentioned seems like we don't hear much about the hurricane. It was a very bad hurricane. A lot of people were affected. And so a group will be leaving tomorrow uh, taking supplies. Uh, and so if you'd like to contribute to that uh, financially, you can do that online. You can do that by seeing uh, Peter or uh, Randy. And uh, if you'd like to help with that, that'd be great. We remember uh, the last time, I guess, Harvey or something like that, we were affected. It, it does 
these people need our help. And so uh, we have that uh, way to, to help. A uh, couple of other announcements. Uh, there is a, Robin announced they will be leaving. The leaves will be leaving us. Uh, and there is a Bible that you can buy in the uh, uh, fellowship area. Uh, you can write a note. Uh, you can express your disdain for them leaving us or <laughs> no uh, let's try to keep it the, the thankfulness for the many many years that they've been here and their and their great service and love that they've showed here uh, also uh, for the <coughs> school here the Bortle Elementary <coughs> we're still uh, see Belinda we're still trying to write some letters to the staff there uh, <coughs> check with Belinda uh, you know Everything's topsy-turvy. Kids don't know if they're going to school, if they're online. Uh, you know, who knows what's going on? Nobody. So the teachers are really, really under stress. Let's let them know that they are being thought of, that they're being prayed for. Uh, let's write them a letter of encouragement. Also, there are still a few on the red table with the red cloth. We have the apples with students' names on them. We still have a few left. Please get, grab one of them. Contact these students. Let them know you're praying for them. Ask them, what do I need to pray for you? Maybe once a month. Let's try to uh, do this fellowship <coughs> that Alan has started, reaching out to people, <coughs> to each other, and uh, let them know, hey, you're on my thoughts, you're in my prayers. A uh, couple of other announcements. Uh, Bob Avery has mentioned that his stepbrother, Dwayne Franklin, who lives, I believe, in Aspen, Colorado, is being diagnosed with lung cancer. So uh, Dwayne Atkins, Bob Aubrey's stepbrother, remember him. Uh, also, uh, I don't know this person, uh, Joshua Atkins. I guess he's a local person. I don't know was involved in a motorcycle accident. Uh, we've been asked to pray for him. Uh, he was taken to Galveston. I really don't know a lot of details uh, regarding his condition, except that he was in a lot of pain. So uh, Joshua Atkins, a young man in his 30s that was in a motorcycle accident. Uh, and uh, okay, uh, let's see, put that one, put that one, put that one. So I'm going down my list. Uh, life groups will be starting uh, September 28th. Uh, so we're in the process of organizing that. Uh, we'll be getting some more information as far as signing up for these life groups. I know possibly one is planning to do a Zoom type as well as a live uh, meeting. And so if you'd like to participate in that manner if you'd like to gather together. So we will be doing life groups starting uh, September the 28th. And so it's good to kind of be getting things back to normal. We started our classes this morning at 9.30, restarted the classes. We've got stage two, we've got the praise kids. Uh, it's great that this thing's happening. We've got our Wednesday night, Alan is doing his Wednesday night class. You can meet here live at the building. You can join through Zoom. Uh, so this is all wonderful that we're starting this back. Uh, one other thing that we're starting back, we had to cancel this last spring, was a church cookout, but we're going to be doing that October the 11th at our house. Hope everyone is there. It's outdoors, and so that helps, you know, the fresh air is going to certainly allow people, maybe it was a little bit still concerned about this, that maybe that's something you can attend starting at 4 o'clock on Sunday the 11th. So we'll be doing that uh, as well. I have a uh, thank you card here to read. It's from the, uh, uh, it just says Lake Jackson Church of Christ. I'll put this out there, but let me just read it. Thank you for blessing our beloved students and faculty with well-needed supplies and ensuring that our community is producing lifelong learners and guiding them to productive citizens 
uh, sincerely, and there's numerous people that have signed. It's a very beautiful card. I'll set this out there on the red table so you can pick it up and look at it. Appreciate that and, and everything. Uh, hopefully I've covered everything. All right, if there's nothing further, we'll go to our Father in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we just want to approach you with humbleness. We just want to approach you with thankfulness. We just want to approach you with, with courage, with faith, with sincerity. Lord, we just ask that you would bless each of us as we uh, strive to serve you, as we try to worship you, try to honor you. Just ask that the things that have been done here this morning has uplifted you, has praised you, has glorified you, has encouraged us. Uh, Lord, we're just thankful for Alan and his message. And, and Lord, just let us take this to message to heart uh, as we struggle through this time of separation to continue the fellowship, to extend the fellowship. Lord, we just pray for those that have been mentioned, for Josh Atkins and his motorcycle accident, for Dwayne Atkins and his uh, sickness. We just ask that you would heal them, that you would bless them. Uh, Lord, we just pray for our nation. We pray for our leaders. Uh, as we come to this election season, we just ask that we would choose leaders who put their faith and their trust in you, who look to you for guidance and wisdom as they make their decisions. Lord, we just pray for our country as we're being torn apart through racial divisions. We just pray that there will be a healing. We just pray that that healing will begin with us, your people, that we will extend that love and fellowship to people of all uh, colors, all beliefs, all, all things. Let us uh, never look at our brother with our fellow citizen with any type of hate. Uh, Lord, we just ask that you go with us, that we would be willing to be your servants that we will be lights in our community that we will answer the call whatever you've asked us to do that we can spread your gospel we can spread your message of love we can spread your message of forgiveness lord him i send me in your son's name we pray amen oh i did forget one thing i'm sorry <laughs> hold on we are doing a survey uh, about restarting our Sunshine School. So if you'll look in your bulletins, if you're all tech savvy, there's a QR code that you can scan and fill out the survey. If you're not quite so tech savvy, you should be receiving an email. You can fill it out on email. Uh, check your junk folder. Nothing worse than calling someone and say, where's that email you were gonna send me? Did you check your junk folder? And I'm like, oh, bad me, sorry. And if you're really a, maybe kind of like me, you're just an old fossil dinosaur, and you're just say, give me paper and pen. We got you covered. Craig will be here at the back, and he will hand you out a paper copy of the survey if that's the way you want to do it. So uh, please fill those out. Get them back in about the next couple of weeks. Sorry, Craig, I almost forgot. All right, thank you. Let's all be standing. All right, ladies. Love one another for love. 